Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Today, we're talking about your rights as a consumer buying a solar system for your home. Now, we've already got solar on over a half a million homes in the United States. And some neighborhoods have 5% or more of the rooftops covered with solar, maybe even more, because um, there's this network effect. If a neighbor sees it, then they want to get solar, and they all realize that the economics are really, really good. So it's becoming a pretty big industry, and that's really terrific. But as any big consumer-facing industry... There are some companies that take advantage of the consumers, of homeowners, of businesses. I mean, you think about other big industries that we have. For example, car leases. I mean, there's very strict regulations about the financing issues related to buying or leasing a car. Insurance. Once again, strict regulations for insurance brokers, stockbrokers. Same thing. Really good rules about making sure that the consumers aren't deceived or ripped off. Credit card companies. I mean, you got every single credit card statement's got multiple pages of tiny fine print. You always hear about stories about credit card companies preying on consumers, taking advantage, changing rates, things like that. Phone companies. Who hasn't heard about problems with your cellular phone bill or your regular phone bill or your cable TV bill? So it's a common thing in in a capitalist industry, in a capitalist economy, for companies to kind of push the bounds of what they can do in order to maximize their profits. What ends up happening is that there's a pushback from consumers and there's consumer protection agencies. And eventually what happens is regulations are put in place to make sure that the companies are following the rules. Now, it's the same thing in the solar industry. I, mean, I, I hate to say it, but um, there are some, a few, bad actors. It's a tiny percentage, but they're out there. And they will take, these companies sometimes will take advantage of consumers who may not really have the information they need to make an intelligent purchasing decision. So as a result, in the solar industry, we're doing our best to make sure that we continue to operate in a fair and an ethical way. I mean, we are really trying to do the right thing for the environment, trying to save people money. And the last thing in the world we want is a reputation for taking advantage of homeowners. So what's happened is many state solar organizations and now the national solar organization called SIA, Solar Energy Industries Association, has put together a detailed consumer protection guide that's really focused on homeowners and what they should be looking for during their purchase and decision-making process to get a solar system. This guide has detailed principles for all of the companies that are running solar businesses that are members of SIA, and even if you're not a member of SIA, this provides the guidelines for how we should behave when we're selling to homeowners and even to businesses. All companies who are members of SIA are expected to abide by these codes. And the vast majority of solar companies out there are members of CN. I'd strongly suggest that if you are looking at buying a system, buy a system from a company that does support the state and especially the National Solar Energy Industry Association because they're the companies that are really trying to follow by the rules. So essentially, what we're doing in the solar industry is we're trying to self-regulate and that means that we're trying to establish codes and practices and ethical standards to make sure that we are treating consumers and homeowners and businesses fairly. This Consumer Protection Guide was just updated in September of 2015, and it's posted 
on the SEA website. That's S-E-I-A dot org. And I've also posted it on the Cinnamon Solar website. So there's a link on the Cinnamon Solar website. You can go there and you can kind of download this guide. And, you know, it's it's about 10 pages long. It's not, it's pretty straightforward. It's not embedded with a lot of fine print, but it really spells out the practices that responsible solar companies, whether they're installers, whether they're manufacturers, whether they're finance companies, it's just the principles that these responsible companies should follow to make sure that that they're operating ethically. And you'll also find that a lot of the state solar chapters like the California Solar Energy Industries Association also have ethical guidelines. The reason why I like the SIA guide is that it really gets specific about what you should be looking for in a contract for solar for your home. So, and the reason why SIA and the state SIAs have created these guides is there, as solar is becoming more popular, you go from thousands of people to tens of thousands to hundreds to millions to, you know, eventually will be millions of people. That tiny percentage of companies that operate unethically, that there's some complaints that are out there. And these people are complaining to the Better Business Bureau. They're complaining to the state's attorneys general. They're complaining to the Public Utilities Commission. And we as an industry are trying to make sure that these that everybody really acts ethically and here's the principles that we want to follow. Hopefully we won't have to have any regulations like many of these other industries. So the agenda on today's energy show is really to help you as a homeowner understand some of the issues some of the problems that occur as you're thinking about buying a solar system as it's getting installed or as you enjoy the very inexpensive electricity that it's going to be generating over its 20 to 30 year lifetime. And what I know is that the vast majority of solar contractors out there want happy customers. And happy customers means that we get referral business and future business from those customers. But as I said, as in any industry, there's a tiny percentage of companies that really aren't as ethical as they should be. And so what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of talk about some of the problems and issues that may occur, how the consumer guide is focused on minimizing or preventing those problems. And then I'm going to tell you what the reality is and how you as a consumer should react if you're ever put in one of these situations. So this isn't really in any particular order. It's just kind of what came to mind. And a lot of these things came to mind just based on my experience that I've had. So one problem is sometimes an installer or a company will hire a subcontractor to do work. And, you know, they may hire a roofer to do things. They may hire an electrician. And the subcontractor is working for the solar contractor. And the solar contractor is the one that has a contract with the homeowner. Maybe that this subcontractor does shoddy work. Well, the consumer guide for solar specifies, and this is the right way to do it, is that the prime contractor, the installer, the person that the homeowner has signed a contract with is responsible for all of their subcontractors and all of their service providers. And sometimes these service providers may, you know, heck, they could be companies that are call centers or or lead generators or something like that. So the reality is, if you're a homeowner, you want to find an installer that either doesn't use subcontractors 
or if they do use subcontractors, that they're also using subcontractors that are as responsible as the installer themselves. The vast majority of contractors, whether they're roofers, electricians, whatever, they're very responsible. They want that referral business too, but they may not be as conscientious as your solar contractors. That's just something to kind of keep in mind that you want the whole experience, the whole job to be done really, really well. All right, next problem. This thing, this problem comes up all the time. You'll see advertisements or you may get a call from somebody that says that go solar and completely eliminate your electric bill or you can get a complete rooftop solar system for only $4,999 or if you buy solar, we'll re-roof your house for free or if you buy solar, we'll put in a free deck in the back of your house, things like that. The consumer guide specifies that you're not allowed that contractors are not allowed to make unfair, deceptive, abusive acts or practices. This is a kind of an acronym called UDAAP. So UDAP. Now the reality, and this is just one of those things, buyer beware. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. So the reality is if you want to get solar for $5,000, you're probably only going to get about five solar panels at best if they're properly installed. Because there's a lot of work involved in that. There's permits, there's roofing, there's deployment of the contractors there, there's inspections that have to be done, there's interconnection. You're not going to get a lot for $5,000. So keep that in mind. The other thing that I see come up once in a while, free re-roofing or free deck. What ends up happening is there's a 30% federal tax credit that applies only to the rooftop solar, only to the solar system, whether it's on the roof or the ground, anywhere, and anything that's necessary to install that system. So if the roof underneath the area where you're installing your panels is rotten, then it's totally fair to say that the re-roofing work for that section is part of the solar system, and you can get a 30% tax credit on that. But if somebody says, well, you can get a 30% tax credit on re-roofing your entire house, you better check with your accountant because my understanding is that's not really kosher. And also keep in mind, once again, this 30% tax credit goes away at the end of 2016. So that's something you want to keep out there. Got a, got a little over a year, but I know the industry is going to get very busy as this tax credit gets closer to expiring. And if anybody says you're going to get a free deck or we're going to do something else, they're probably throwing that in for free and they're increasing the price of the system. So watch out there. All right. You'll hear ads for another problem. Big state rebates that are going to be expiring or going away soon. So call right away. Operators are standing by. Don't miss this deadline. Well, once again, this is one of those UDAP things, unfair, deceptive, or abusive acts or practices. So if there are rebates, and my experience is in lots of states, they kind of come and go. You do want to move before those rebates go away. But I've seen happen again and again and again that even when there are no rebates, some contractors are out there saying that there is a rebate. They're kind of making this urgency issue, and it's not real. It's not real. The reality is here in California, there haven't been rebates for solar systems since about 2003. So it's been two or three years since we've had rebates. There is a tax credit, as I mentioned. That's going to go away at the end of 2016, but you know, there's no need to panic yet. 
Now, other states around the country have rebates. They kind of come and go. Usually the states put a chunk of money in a pool, like you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 million dollars, and when that rebate money is gone, then everything stops until they replenish that fund. So in those cases, you do want to independently check to see what rebates are available and what the status is. There's a website called DSIRE, the Database of State Incentives for Renewable Energy, desire.org. And that website will, if you kind of dig down into it, into your location, into your state, your utility district, you can find out exactly what rebates apply to your location. Now, here in California and other states, the other big incentive that's out there is something called net metering. Net metering here in California is still in place. And here we are kind of towards the end of 2015. We expect that sometime in 2016, most of the utilities in California are going to hit their net metering caps. Now, utilities really don't like net metering, and they love these caps. So when they hit those caps, they're going to say, oh, no more solar can go in under net metering, which means that basically you can still put in solar, but you give the excess electricity to the utility for free. Almost nobody wants to do that. So there is some urgency in California and other states that are nearing their net metering caps to install solar before those caps are reached. But once again, that's not happening like right now. In California, there is something called net metering 2.0, and that's expected to go into effect sometime next year. And you want to just kind of keep that in mind because that's a really big incentive. And anybody who signs up for solar under the current net metering regime here in California will be grandfathered into net metering for a period of 20 to 25 years. So you don't have to worry about that going away. But two years from now, assuming that the utilities get the situation that they want, the new net metering system is unlikely to be nearly as good as the current system. So keep that in mind. All right. Another problem, and here's a biggie, claims of a free solar system. Now, the consumer guide says that companies should avoid referring to a solar system as free in any communications. So, and anytime somebody says the word free in an advertisement or communication, they have to present the other information that relates to it related to future costs. So a lot of times what they'll say is, get solar for free. Oh, by the way, you have to pay us $2,000 a year for 25 years. It's really not free. You know, it's kind of like saying if you lease a car, it's free because you don't have to pay any money up front. But no, the reality is you're paying for it over time. Free is a very powerful word in the English language. It's like the marketer's favorite word. And you got to watch out because it's many websites and telemarketers still claim free solar. And, you know, I was kind of wondering about this when I was preparing for the show. And I, I just typed in the words free solar into Google. I got 348 million hits. Try it yourself. So you're going to find that there's a lot of companies out there advertising free solar. And in reality, it's really not free. So watch out for that. All right, another problem. Salesperson does a design, stuffs your roof with solar panels because he or she really is working on commission. They want to generate as much revenue as possible. They may even put panels in the shade or on a roof that's only getting a little bit of sun, like on the north side. And then they may say you know, in their initial communications, the energy output is really good. They're going to give you a big number. Put in a big system, great energy output. But when you kind of finally get the contract, it's not what you were initially promised. So the consumer guide 
says that the energy production calculations have to take into account all the reasonable factors that have an impact on the output of your system. So different equipment has different efficiencies, so they can exaggerate the efficiency of the inverter, of the modules. They may, it's possible to underestimate the amount of shading, overestimate the amount of sun that hits the roof because they may not be taking into proper account the orientation or the tilt factor of the module. So if something's on the north roof, it's not going to get as much sun and generate as much energy and save as much money as if it's on the south roof. So the reality is you can put solar panels on slightly shaded roofs. You could even put them on roofs that are a little bit facing north, especially if the slope of the roof isn't too high. You're going to get less energy output from that. That's okay, as long as the person giving you a proposal and going through the numbers is really fair and ethical about estimating the energy from those less optimal locations. But it's very tempting for the salesperson to fudge these performance numbers. And it's very hard for the consumer to determine the actual production and actual savings that they'll get. People all the time show us other proposals and they say, well, how come your proposal only shows that we're going to save $2,000 a year and this proposal from another company shows that they're going to save $3,000 for a year and it's the same size system. You know what? I can't figure out where they got their numbers. We're just kind of doing our numbers conservatively, but there's a lot of room for error or fudging there and I'm just telling you, just be careful about that as a consumer. All right, another problem. This happens all the time. Savings estimates assume that utility rates are going to continue to rise very rapidly. Now, rates at utilities over the long term do indeed rise. I remember back in you know, 2000, electric rates were like 20 cents a kilowatt hour in California. Then they jumped like in 2001 to 26 cents, and they eventually got like way higher than that. So they do rise, but they're, they don't rise smoothly. They go up and down. They bounce around based on the price of natural gas, based on the cost that utility is experiencing as far as putting in new transmission and distribution systems. So what a lot of solar companies do is they assume – a high escalation rate for utility rates, utility costs. And what happens is if you assume that utility rates are going to go up quickly at a high rate, say 5 or 6%, then the savings from solar are going to look better because when you buy solar, you're locked into a, a certain amount of electricity and you've kind of prepaid for it. So the solar savings look better. So it's easy to overestimate or scam these escalation rates. I'd say probably the realistic escalation rates are probably in the you know, 2 or 3%, but I see lots of companies escalating it faster. We stopped putting escalation rates in because it just got too confusing and we would have to explain them. So we just basically say, this assumes that rates won't change. They probably will go up, so you're going to save more, but we'd rather be conservative. So the Consumer Guide says that the projections of future utility prices have to be based on accepted sources and methods. And there's a little bit of some of guidance as to how to do those calculations. And there's still some slop and ability to change numbers around there. You can look at the utility rate increases over 20 years, over 10 years, over five years, and you know, an aggressive solar company is going to pick the escalation rate based on these numbers that gives the fastest escalation rate. Now, here's the reality. Sometimes rates go down. Now, they may not necessarily 
go specifically down, but they may change the rate tiers or they may change the rate plan or there may be fixed costs that go into place, which in effect would reduce the benefits from solar. Here in California, the top electric tier just a few years ago used to be 43 cents a kilowatt hour. Now it's down to 32 cents a kilowatt hour and there's proposals at the California Public Utility Commission to bring that down to even lower amounts. So in a bizarre way, Rates may go down, and overall, I think from an economic standpoint, it's good to have low electric rates, but what happens is people who bought solar assuming that rates are high and going to go higher are going to be disappointed. So you got to watch out when there are high escalation rates used to justify the annual payment increases for solar. Okay, another problem. You get bombarded by phone calls from solar companies. Now, the Consumer Guide says the companies have to respect consumer privacy, and they get specific about abiding by the federal do-not-call registry and other telemarketing rules. Now, the reality is you probably are interested in solar. You filled out a web form because you saw an ad for free solar or something like it. Now, in the small print at the bottom of that ad, it says that you give your consent for a solar company or a dozen solar companies to contact you. At the moment you push the button return on that web form with your phone number and email, you're going to get a call from one or two solar companies. And three more are going to call you that day. It's just amazing. It's unfortunate. It's annoying as a consumer. Or you may have a solar lead generation company using an auto dialer to dial every single phone number from phone numbers that you really can't track to call your number to generate leads. So the reality is you have to be careful about when you fill out these web forms. And, you know, I kind of apologize for solar companies out there because you're going to get a lot of calls if you do that. And the the better thing to do is to get a referral for a local solar company. Okay, another problem. Somebody knocked on your door and said they were there with the new power company and they're better than your current utility. They may be misrepresenting who they are. Sometimes it's just canvassers with limited knowledge walking up and down the street with a hat on that says, you know, some utility or solar company. The Consumer Guide says the company representatives have to treat consumers fairly and honestly. The reality is there's still going to be some companies out there that are trying to scam you. All right, another problem. You're sitting down with a solar salesperson and they say that they'll take $3,000 off your system if you sign right now. But if you sign tomorrow, they can't give you that discount. Consumer Guide says that that companies should avoid high-pressure sales techniques. Now, it says that they should avoid high-pressure sales techniques. It doesn't say that they will. This is called a drop close, and it's very effective. Sometimes it's hard to get the salesperson out of your house. And just be careful about that. Some people just really object to those high-pressure techniques. All right, another problem. The verbal claims or the semi-written claims that are made during the sales process indicate big savings. You sign up, then the company does a solar survey, do detailed engineering, and then they give you an updated contract that might be 50 pages long. And on page 37 in fine print, there's the actual savings. It's not what you were led to believe. The consumer guide says that these contract terms should reflect the verbal representation. So everything should be consistent. But the reality is sometimes consumers sign a contract, they sign it, with the actual savings that are much lower than what they were led to believe. It's very hard to get reimbursed in this situation. Now, the reality overall, I'm glad that the solar industry has taken the initiative to create this consumer guide 
And I'm glad that the solar industry is attempting to self-regulate itself. And it will work. There's always going to be some bad apples out there. But what I would suggest is really work with the companies that have been business for many years. Work with the companies that are basing their business on referrals. So get some referrals from your friends and neighbors because those companies are going to be in it for the long term and they're always going to strive to do a good job. Well, that's all the time we've got on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us today. And if you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts. Thank you.